it really comes back to the core thing that we do have. It's, it's the trust. And the trust is what gets us the access. And it's not even just access to the athletes. It's, it's having the access to, to the athlete's story as well, because they're not going to entrust just anyone to tell these stories with. It really does come back to access and trust. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years, over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Abbott, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolstra, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years, and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. Great guest for you this week, Jeff Levick, the CEO of the Players Tribune. Really interesting background before he got to the Players Tribune. He's worked at Spotify, Google, and some other places. I think you'll enjoy our conversation. Uh, Players Tribune has been a great partner for the Sports PR Summit. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm the founder and CEO of the Sports PR Summit. We do that event every May at the Players Tribune. In New York, this one will be coming up on May 21st, so we'll preview that event with Jeff as well. If you work in PR or you are a social media person working in sports, we'd love to have you join us at our event, sportsprsummit.com. I'm joined in studio, as always, by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how's it going? I'm doing good, and uh, that Jeff interview is really good, too, because he talks about how they have access, special access to get the players to speak in the platform that they have there. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I want to talk about this topic and open it up a little bit more here in a minute. Uh, but let's look at some headlines. Number one, uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, we're in Portland, so Rip City is very excited about the Blazers. As we record this, Blazers up 3-1 to one against OKC. Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, really... A coming out party for them after being swept last year in the playoffs. So the national media and national fans are getting to see like, oh, okay, you know, this guys really can play. Their games start at 1030 at night, usually <laughs> during the regular season on the East Coast. So I never watch them, but they're pretty good. And it's been fun for us here. But overall, Griggs, you know what's not fun is the NBA TV playoff ratings down 26%. Ouch. From last year. And I think it's a combination of things. One, you know, we've seen some sweeps. Yep. So Milwaukee swept Detroit. Boston swept Indiana. Uh, really, the only series that is 2-2 or competitive is Denver-San Antonio. Everything else is like 3-1. Mm-hmm. It, it's been lopsided. So uh, while it's been a compelling first round, like the 76ers-Brooklyn series has had some scraps and some trash talk, and obviously OKC... And the Blazers, Russ versus Dame has been compelling. But other than that, I think people are like, all right, we're just kind of getting warmed up into the playoffs. So maybe I'll start watching in the second round or the conference finals. But uh, yeah. TNT and ABC probably not thrilled with down 26%. Yeah, that's a big hit. And I think you're right. I think it's just the matchups in this first round aren't 
terribly compelling in the East, especially is not competitive. You can tell the top two teams already. You know, Toronto and Milwaukee are going to be the ones probably all the way through. So it's just kind of like you're just waiting for the next round to get here. So I feel like that's probably why they're the ratings are down a little bit. But um, I don't know. Like you said, in Portland, I'm loving it, but that's just because my Blazers are doing good. <laughs> now, for the first time in a long time, no LeBron. Yeah, it, is that, that impacting ratings? Because say what you want about LeBron, he's polarizing. He is a household name. People watch him when his games are on. I would argue, I don't know how much they've watched him in the first round in the last couple of years, because the Cavs had usually swept through that round, and people are like, eh, wake me up when he's in the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. But, you know, the fact remains, there's no LeBron in the playoffs this year, and he is, you know, definitely one of your top two or three most marquee players in your league. So without him, maybe that is why yeah. the ratings are down a little well, bit, Well, I think it's kind of like Tiger in golf. When Tiger's not playing, the ratings are down. When Tiger's playing, they're up. I mean, it's LeBron's the same kind of athlete. I think, like him or not, people are going to tune in because you never know what's going to happen when LeBron's on the court. Now, the one thing I like is I like that we're seeing some new players. So, like, you know, we're seeing new and improved Giannis, right? Like, Giannis was good last year, but they lost to the Celtics in the playoffs. Now... Like, we're seeing 41.9 rebound Giannis. Like, Giannis is starting to realize his powers and growing into his body and taking over games. You know, that last game against Detroit, they were down, and it was like Giannis was like, you know what, I don't feel like playing a game five, so I'm just (laughs) going to, like, start dunking on people and doing everything I need to to win this game. And they won, you know, by 20-plus points. He just kind of put his foot on the gas, and, and that was it. So... There's those storylines. I think, you know, everyone was like, have the Celtics been sandbagging it this year? Like, were they just coasting through the regular season and they're going to flip the switch when the playoffs come? It's what it looks like so far. I disagree with you. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Milwaukee and Toronto and the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston. Yeah, I mean, Boston is playing well right now. Gordon Hayward is finally starting to look like the Gordon Hayward that they signed last year before he got injured. Uh, you know, Philly has a good starting five. They can't play any defense as they're no. showing against the, the Nets. Uh, but I do think that series with Toronto will be interesting. So I think that final four, mm-hmm. uh, in the East is going to be pretty compelling. Um, and, you know, other than Milwaukee, it's pretty good size media markets, Boston, yeah. Philly, Toronto. And, you know, the West, uh, Golden State, you know, it, it was like the little, uh, gnat that kind of, crept up and got them in in game two uh the clippers you know they pat beverly and everyone oh we're, we're gonna you know take them down on a slow night and then ever since it's like the beast has awoken and the warriors are like all right we're done playing with you we're just gonna you know kick your rear now so i still think the warriors are coming out of the west uh, a lot of people really like houston this year and think this is james harden's year but it's pretty wide open. I mean, yeah. gosh, even the Blazers are playing well. And if a Golden State was to go down to Houston, because that's the thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, last year, Western Conference Finals was Golden State-Houston. That will be the next round. That's yeah. not even Western Conference Finals. So uh, there's the, there is the chance that Houston takes Golden State out in the next round. I think that's going to be a very compelling series yeah, to watch. Yeah, I think that's the one I think a lot of people are looking forward to is that Houston-Golden State rematch because th- that's just, I mean, James Harden and Chris Paul are just balling right now. Right. And of course, Durant and Curry, and you, they're stepping it up, and they're kind of putting the gas pedal down. So that's going to be a fun series, I think, for sure. Yeah. 
All right, so there's something I want to talk about, A, because we're going into Sports PR Summit, so it's a timely topic, and then we're in the midst of NBA playoffs. If you've listened to this show for 15 years now, you know my background is in PR, and that's why we started Sports PR Summit. I have a company called Everything is on the Record. I am in locker rooms all the time of pro sports teams. I consult to a number of teams with my partner, Rick Buecher, and I'm watching the NBA playoffs, Griggs, and I'm watching these post-game press conference. And, you know, while it's kind of entertaining to see, like, oh, how many times is Russell Westbrook going to go next question with the reporter from the Oklahoman that he doesn't get along with and hasn't <laughs> gotten along with for, like, the last four years, right? Um, to the interviews that take place after each quarter with the coaches. And... You know, I've listened to some other podcasts. Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossello uh, discussed this this week. Why are we continuing to do things the same way that we've done them for 30, 40, 50 years with media access, with press conferences, with player availability? And I think if the answer is, well, that's because we've always done it that way, that's not an <laughs> <No>. unacceptable <laughs> answer. And usually in life, like in business and things like that, well, we've always done it that way. What are we going to do different? No, I, I think when these rules were set in place, like, the internet didn't exist. We weren't streaming press conferences. You couldn't get sound bites and video five seconds after they were set on social media. Like, lots of things have changed. So people always say on the show, all right, Berger, if you're going to make a suggestion about something to change, like, what would you do? Like, what's your solution? So, Griggs, here's what I would do. Because, and I haven't wrapped my mind completely around this. Like, we could do a full podcast on just this topic. And it's not just the NBA. It's the NFL. It's the NHL. It's Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer. And keep in mind, here in America, we have very different access policies than in Europe, where there's, like, basically no access to the players and to the coaches. So when they come over here, especially in soccer, they're like, what? I got to <laughs> do interviews? I got to be available after practice? We got to do post-game pressers? Like, what is this? They're, they're very against it because that's not what they've had to do in Europe. All right, but let's stick to the NBA for the sake of this conversation because I think everyone's watching the playoffs and you're watching the post-game pressers and the interviews at the end of the quarter with the coaches. So rule number one, and I've kind of got this broken down into in favor of the players and coaches and then in favor of the media and the fans. So here's on the in favor of the players and coaches side. Number one, and I think this has needed to change for a long, long time, but for some reason it hasn't, no more locker room access for the media. Let that be the private domain of the players and the coaches. I've always thought it's awkward at best when you walk into a locker room, and yes, I've been in locker rooms, and guys are coming out of the shower they sometimes have a towel on. They sometimes don't. There's women in the locker room, which is totally fine. But it's just awkward and uncomfortable for everyone. I mean, look, if you were at home and you got out of your shower and you walked into your bedroom or wherever you changed to get dressed and there was someone there with a camera and a microphone to interview you, wouldn't that be a little awkward? <laughs> right? Why are we continuing to do it this way? It makes zero sense. The players don't want to do it. They have to like go through a sea of media if you're LeBron or Giannis or James Harden or Damian Lillard to get to their locker to sit down and to get dressed because they're not taking their clothes in the shower with them to get dressed so they're dressed when they walk out. Um, and then, 
you know, it's just awkward for the reporters. If you're sitting there interviewing someone and they're naked or half dressed, (laughs) I don't care who you are. It's just a little bit awkward. Yeah. Right. So let's do away with the locker room access. And you don't have to worry about opening up 15 minutes after the game or any of that stuff. Now, I know people are going to go, well, Berger, how the hell are we going to hear from the players and the coaches afterwards? All right. So that's number one. The other thing is, do we really need press conferences anymore? Because the way press conferences work, Griggs, you've been to press conferences. Oh, yeah. It's a pool of people. Right. So some people ask questions, some people don't. So some people just take the answers that other reporters ask the question to. And, you know, that's in their story or that's what airs on TV or is streamed online. So it's not like, oh, you're getting this one on one conversation with person. You're getting the same answer that everyone else in the room is getting. You're not getting anything unique is my point. Okay. The players don't want to be there, and it's usually done right after the game, so they're emotional, right? Russell Westbrook just lost. He doesn't feel like answering questions. He's not going to give you anything. Even Paul George, who is a pretty friendly guy, he's sitting next to Russell Westbrook, and he's kind of like, well, if Russ isn't talking, I'm not talking. (laughs) Now, you do have players. Lillard and McCollum have been very eloquent. They're very good. There are some players that are good in the press conference format. But for the most part, let's not pretend that they want to be there. They don't want to be there. They want to get on the bus and they want to get out of Dodge. Okay? So now you're going, well, God, Berger, you're closing the locker room. You're (laughs) not doing press conferences. How the heck are we supposed to get any kind of response after the game? By the way, one more thing on the in player, in favor of the player and coaches. Can we, for the love of God, end these in between quarter coach interviews? The coaches absolutely hate them. And I know many coaches. Yeah. And they hate them. They are in the heat of battle. The last thing they want to do is take 30 seconds or a minute to come talk to some sideline reporter. The sideline reporter hates it because they're like, oh, my God, I got to interview Greg Popovich and he's going to give me nothing. Yeah. Or this coach is getting his butt kicked by 15 points and he's going to be pissed off. Like, it's not a comfortable situation. No. I can't think of anything that I've ever heard in one of those interviews where I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. that was really insightful. Yeah. Like, they just gave us a nugget of gold on that one. <laughs> Usually it's, thank you, drive through, yeah. right? Like, right. get me the heck out of this interview, both the coach and the person interviewing. Uncomfortable, viewer benefits, not mm. at all. So, like, okay, in recap, no more locker room access. Do we really need to do press conferences the way they're done now? And do away with the in-between quarter coach interviews that are a total farce at this point. All right. Now, here's the solutions in favor of the media and the fans. Because the media and the fans want to hear a reaction after games. And they want to get to know these players. Number one. Now in the era of every press conference is streaming. It's on TV. ESPN, TNT, all the partners are running the video, and this is for, you know, other leagues as well. What about a one-on-one? So, like, let's say that uh, Giannis has a great game, and he sits down, he does an interview with the guys from the NBA on TNT set. It's televised. I'm going to get a lot more out of that interview and that conversation than I am him sitting at a podium doing a press conference. Or when NBA TV has someone on, and it's a one-on-one interview, 
people can take quotes from that interview. Yes, the other media may go, well, I'm not getting my question answered. You know what? Who cares? They're next questioning you anyway. Yeah. And they're giving you no answer anyways. And you're getting the same answer that the pool is getting everyone else in the room. So I'd rather have more unique insight and have the player open up a little bit or the coach open up again. So I would do one-on-one interviews with a coach and with one player from the other team. And the player is more likely to open up with Charles Barkley and Shaq and Kenny or you know someone they respect than the reporter from the Oklahoman or the reporter from the Oregonian or somewhere else. Okay, So that's the after-the-game scenario that I suggest. Stream it. Post the video, put the quotes out there, however you need to do that, you know, a transcript of the interview so people can see the sound bites. Hey, Dame, what did you think of your back and forth with Russ? Okay, here's his answer. Boom. There you got it. You got the sound bite. All right? Now, the next thing that you need to do here is people still want to get to know these players. They still want to get to know the coaches. In between games... After practices, after shoot-arounds, you expand the media availability. So that's the trade-off. You're not going to talk to me in the locker room. You're not going to talk to me in a press conference after the game unless you're the star of the team. But I'm going to ask you for more time for feature stories so I can really get to know you. I can peek under the hood and get to know you as a player. I can have you sit down for a podcast. It's more long form. And I'm not talking about sitting down for an hour. But if you're a player, you're making yourself available for 20 minutes after practice, after a shoot-around. And the reporters that don't get to ask those questions at the press conference can then find a player at the media availability, and they can interview that player and have a longer-form conversation with them, and maybe even a one-on-one conversation with them if they set it up with PR. Now, for this all to work... And again, I consult to a number of teams, and I have Sports PR Summit. The PR people need to hold the coaches and the players accountable on this new model, right? Hey, you don't have to make yourself available in the locker room anymore. You don't have to do press conferences unless you're the the one player who's, after the game, you're going to do a one-on-one televised interview that will push out on all of the platforms. But when we do these media availabilities, you have to make yourself available for the 20 minutes and you have to participate. You can't tell me that you don't want to do this. Like, and here's the bottom line, Griggs. These athletes that I work with, they all want more social media followers. They want more endorsement deals. They want more fans. They want bigger contracts, right? Like across the board, I don't care what sport you're in. They all want those four things. Mm-hmm. Those don't come if you don't talk to the media or if you don't utilize platforms like the Players' Tribune to tell your story. If you're an enigma and no one knows you, people aren't going to follow you on social media. Companies aren't going to hire you as an endorser. They're not going to ask you to do features in the Players' Tribune. They're not going to buy your product. So you can't have all of those things that you want that I just mentioned without playing the game. And the game is do some interviews, Use platforms like the Players' Tribune. Do a podcast. Let people know a little bit about you. Humanize yourself a little bit. And then 
those other things will come. Yeah, I agree. I think the best part of that is the last part you were talking about, how the practice shoot around time. Because they're looser, they're relaxed more, they don't yep. have a game in front of them or behind them. They're, they're, they're not as emotional. They're not as emotional. They're just kind of hanging out, chilling. They're not, they just, they didn't come through a massive workout. They're not exhausted. I think that's, that's a great, um, access. And it's just, it's just easier. It's more relaxed. And they're going to they're gonna talk more when they don't have all that pressure on them. Well, and if you figure out, okay, what does the media and the fan really want? What's the ultimate goal here? The ultimate goal is you want to learn about the player or the coach. And it could be, I want to learn about the Ross Day matchup and what they're feeling. Or I want to learn about this player who uh, got swept last year and now they're advancing in the playoffs. Or I want to learn something personal about Giannis's journey from Greece to the NBA. These are the places where you can learn it. You're not going to learn that in a post-game press conference. You're not going to learn it in a locker room interview. And by the way, this is the other thing I hate about the locker room is half the people in there are like taking selfies. Like you're wondering, who are you? Yeah. Like, you're not media. Yeah. Are you a blogger? Are you a influencer on social media? Like you don't have a role in there and the players hate it. Like yeah. they, they are like, Hey, PR people, why can't you control this better? Cause it's a zoo. And by the way, what if we brought all these people into your bedroom at your house after you got out of the shower? How would you feel about it? Yeah. Not good. Like, I, I'm not wanting to get out of the shower and have people taking <laughs> selfies and <laughs> blogging and video cameras and, and all this other stuff. So, again, the point of this segment here is there's a better way to get the information from the players and the coaches. Just because it's been done a certain way for all these years doesn't mean it's the right way. And because times have changed with social media and with streaming video and everything being broadcast instantaneously, some of the solutions I just offered, I think, are valid. And I'm open to your ideas at me at SB Radio or if you want to hit me on my PR account at Brian Berger PR. Uh, but, you know, these are things we discuss at Sports PR Summit and it's something I want to bring up in the future. And I know you know, people get comfortable. Well, Brian, we've always done it that way, and our coaches are comfortable with it, and our play. Are they really? <laughs> like, if you really talk to them, no. if you said, we're closing the locker room, would anyone go, no, leave the locker room open. I want the locker room. No. Yeah. They, they would probably go, thank God. Like, why didn't this happen 10 years ago? And, you know, let's give people access and do all the things I just mentioned, but it doesn't need to be done the same way that it's always been done. And I think we're at a point now with technology developing the way it has and with the players clearly and the coaches not wanting to give certain access where we've got to have a happy medium on this. All right. Coming up next, Jeff Levick, the CEO of the Players Tribune, some really interesting developments with them and things that they're doing. They're going to host our Sports PR Summit next month in May. We'll talk to Jeff Levick. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports business radio open doors helps athletes share content on social founded in 2012 by two former nebraska football players open doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform more than 6,000 athletes around the world use open doors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like twitter facebook and instagram all with one click Open Doors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the player's social channels. 
leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at opendoors. Joining us now on the Blinder guest line is Jeff Levick, the CEO of the Players Tribune. Blinder is the way high performance teams connect their talent with the media and fans. It lets communications managers provide unprecedented access to their athletes, entertainers, and executives while respecting everyone's privacy and time. Blinder makes phone calls magic. Request a demo today at blinderhq.com backslash SB radio. My guest is Jeff Levick. He is the CEO of the Players Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Levick. Jeff, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. I've wanted to uh, chat with you since you became CEO back in 2017. Why don't you talk about your background a little bit before you came to Players Tribune? I know you were at Spotify, AOL, and Google. Let our audience know a little bit about you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I come from an interesting uh, set of companies that have uh, all sort of been disruptors in their space. Um, so most recently before Players Tribune, I was at uh, Spotify for five years, um, right after the company launched in the U.S. and was the chief revenue officer and helped grow uh, that business globally from 11 markets to 60 and to build out its, its, uh, its, its revenue business, both free and paid, as well as its distribution uh, around the world. So um, that was a really great, fascinating experience of a, of a true disruptor in the space. Uh, you know, in, in the music industry at the time, there, you know, the, the notion of streaming really wasn't the, the currency, and Spotify, uh, you know, clearly um, disrupted music and became the leader that it is today. Um, before that, I spent uh, different roles at uh, AOL, and I was at Google for a long period of time, uh, starting back in uh, 2001. So, definitely been fortunate to sit in a front row seat in front of some really disruptive tech companies, which was equally. Uh, what was interesting to me about the Players Tribune, uh, you know, similarly an, another disruptive uh, co- company in the in the sports space. Yeah, I mean, it's funny we've been watching Spotify pretty closely because they just uh, launched their podcast division and have been more aggressive in that space. So this interview is going to be on Spotify, and it's just another platform out there. It seems like uh, podcasting has grown, and I know Players Tribune has been aggressive with building your podcast platforms as well with podcasts like Knuckleheads with uh, Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, podcast really is just another format of storytelling. And it's really, uh, you know, it's great to see, you know, Spotify expand its offering to go beyond just music, but also have another point of distribution for, you know, for for content providers like ourselves to be able to, you know, distribute our, our, our storytelling. And uh, your example of Knuckleheads uh, is, is a great one. So uh, it's, that's another sort of game-changing uh, podcast that we've launched 
um, with you know hosted by Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, uh, which is really just probably the most um, it, it, the closest you can get to an inside basketball conversation with some of the great players uh, you know retired and playing today. Yeah, I saw Udonis Haslam this week, uh, Kevin Durant recently. You've had some great guests on there. And, uh, you know, those guys come at it at a different angle, too. Definitely uh, they have the insider information, like you said, from their years playing in the NBA. So I, I like the listen and the feel of the Knuckleheads podcast. When you came to Players' Tribune in 2017, what did you see that was being done well? And what did you see that you said, hey, we need to take this to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think that what, what was being done well is that it was a, it was a disruptor in, in the space of sports. It was basically um, giving fans unique and unparalleled access to the players in a way that players had never done before. It's really, you know, their their willingness to share their stories and their willingness to tell stories. And the reason that they were doing that was because of the, the trust that they had and how the Players' Tribune sort of worked with them. And that's something that I thought was really interesting and had really established itself um, in the long-form written world of telling great stories. And, you know, it, it was just, it was natural that the evolution would sort of go beyond just long-form written pieces, that we would, you know, expand all expand into all the different ways that one can tell stories and you know specifically leaning hard into video and expanding our offerings around video uh, content long form short form episodic video um, and you know even licensing uh, to distributors as well so that's something that we've you know really been focused on uh, in addition to also you know expanding into podcasts and really any format that one can tell stories that's really what we want to be able to do with the players is you know, take their stories and map it to the right format and the right treatment that, that makes sense for, you know, what it is that we're doing with the players. You guys have had so many incredible, poignant stories that have been shared on your platforms. Kevin Love talked about mental health. Uh, Brianna Stewart talked about Me Too. I know recently Kyle Corver had a piece on there, um, and it talked about racism and privilege in the NBA. How do you get these athletes to trust you to tell their stories, their poignant stories, heartfelt stories on your platforms? Well, I think that, um, you know, one is that just the, the body of work speaks for itself. So I think that, you know, player, the, the brand is well known within the athlete community and athletes know that in working with us that, you know, we're, our job is to, is to help them tell the story you know, as best as, as we can do that. And, you know, when you're working with elite athletes, we try to think of ourselves as having to, to perform at that same level, but from the content side. So, you know, elite athletes, have, you know, they're, they're used to nothing short of perfection. So they know that when working with us, that that's sort of the same level of experience and the same level of storytelling, you know, when working with us that, you know, we hold ourselves to and, and that the work, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to meet that quality bar. Yeah, and it's interesting because since Players' Tribune started, a lot of other platforms have popped up, but I still see people coming with their poignant stories and, and frankly, their their big news, their announcements to the Players' Tribune platform. I think that's a credit to you. I know Gary Honig has done a great job there for a long time since you guys started. And, uh, you know, just tip of the cap to you guys for the job that you do with getting those athletes to tell their stories. And I know there's a process too, because, you know, it says, Hey, it's written by Kevin Love or whoever it is, but they're sitting down and talking to one of your editors, right? And then 
your editor is helping to capture that voice to get that story out in the voice of the athlete. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, obviously, we, we have a, we're a content company. We have, you know, we, we work hand-in-hand hand with the athlete. It is their story. And what we help them do is, you know, we tell it uh, in the best light possible. So the athlete is intimately involved in every step of the process, you know, in every draft that we do, every piece that we create. Um, the athlete's involved, the athlete reviews it, and the athlete, it's, it's, it's their work, so it's also their final sign-off. So, you know, we, we, do, we do have a unique process, and, you know, I think that's also part of the, the IP of the company is that, you know, we've, we've created a, a platform of excellence but also of, of deep, deep trust. And it's that trust that we have with the athlete, you know, to your point is, you know, the ability to get some of these, not just to get the stories, but also to get the athletes comfortable in telling these stories because there, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of lighthearted stuff we do, but, you know, you've referenced some pieces that are just, on some really serious topics. And, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and we take great pride in making sure that, you know, when we do go through that process with the athletes, that it's told in, in the best way possible, that it communicates exactly what the athlete's trying to, uh, to conclude, to, trying to get across as well. And that Kyle Korver piece is a great example of that. You know, it got incredible pickup from not just the athlete community, but just the broad, you know, landscape from politics to entertainment, um, because it was a topic that touched, it, that affects all of us, um, but was told through the lens of an athlete's experience in the in the NBA. But it's also, you know, pertinent to, to you know, to outside of the NBA as well, which is why. Um, you know, that we think these stories are so important uh, that they get told, and it really also highlights the power that the athletes have, you know, not just within the sports community, but also just the influence across, you know, many different uh, communities outside of sports. The other thing you did with the Corver piece, which I thought was interesting, so it comes out in written form, but then there was a, a roundtable, a video that was with Corver and some of his teammates talking about this in further detail. How often are you able to further activate the original written piece with a roundtable discussion or a video piece or some other form of content after the original piece comes out? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's, it, it depends on the topic. It depends on the treatment. It also depends on the athlete. I think that's one of the things that we're constantly trying to do is, you know, we talk internally talk about innovating in the format. You know, that, that to us is an example of innovating in the format. So how do you basically take you know, one story, but create multiple stories outside and around that and bring in, you know, other athletes um, to talk about that same topic. We did something similar with, uh, with Kevin Love after his piece last year around mental health and had, you know, Kevin do some, some one-on-one chats with other athletes as well. So we're constantly, you know, when it makes sense, we're constantly trying to, you know, extend some of the, these pieces, uh, you know, and, and extend the conversation further uh, whenever we can. You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Jeff Levick, the CEO of the Players' Tribune. We'll be right back after this. The Sports Business Radio podcast is brought to you by Blinder. Blinder is what savvy PR managers use in the bedroom or in their car, sometimes on the kitchen table, and especially in the office. Blinder is phone call magic. It lets you connect your media and fans directly to your athletes, coaches, and executives personal phones without sharing anyone's private information. And you can record or join any call with the click of a button. Remotely control your team's phone interviews, set start and finish times, monitor online or with the Blinder mobile app, and listen to a recording of the call at any time for your complete peace of mind. With Blinder, you're finally in control. 
The system works globally from any phone line. Scheduling a call takes seconds. Customizable push-button notifications ensure a connection, and no one needs to download anything to make or receive a call. Learn how to start your free trial by visiting blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. Now we're talking. Now back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Jeff Levick. The other thing that I think the Players' Tribune does an incredible job at, and frankly, I think this is something that's really undervalued by a lot of content companies, your photography is second to none. And I think the photos that accompany your pieces really bring them to life. Maybe you can discuss just for a minute or two about, you know, the importance of photography that accompany these pieces. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you, um, and I'm happy to hear you pick up on that because it is um, it, it is core to what we do. I, you know, if you look at most digital media companies today, the, the last thing you do, you would see is a, is a photo department. But we do have a photo department and we think, you know, the, these images and sports are very poignant and strong and can speak, can stand on their own um, and tell stories even without words. So we do invest in photography. We do invest in, you know, in, in that part of the business for that very reason. And equally, um, you know, the athletes also like, they, they still like, you know, photos and they still like to have that imagery. And it's a, it's also part of their own social strategies of, you know, posting pictures of themselves. So it's a, another benefit that we bring to the athletes is that we also, you know, help, uh, help them tell more of their story through, through images. Let's talk about the revenue model for a minute. I know this is something that a lot of digital companies have tried to figure out that riddle. And, you know, for you guys, you've done a lot of branded content. So whether it's Samsung or American Family Insurance or other companies, I know you worked with Budweiser for a while, branded content. Hennessy is on the Knuckleheads podcast. How are you solving that riddle? Or do you say this is something we could do and maybe we make content deals with the streaming companies like Apple's out there now. You've got HBO, obviously, you know, some big announcements, Disney Plus recently. Explain to us the revenue model of the future for the Players' Tribune. Yeah, so uh, the revenue model of the future for us and I think for any sort of content, you know, digital media company in the content space, it's, it has to be diversified. Um, we, we started with branded content, but that's not really where we're ending or where we will end. And, you know, it, we're fortunate in the sense that the work speaks for itself and we are, you know, we produce very high quality premium content and, you know, we do that for consumers, but we also do that for brands. And brands hire us to, you know, to, to source, you know, to put together stories and bring athletes and tell that stories and help brands communicate, you know, with their identity through the power of storytelling as well. But we further diversified from that. We are also um, in the originals business as well. So we do, um, you know, create content for the big distributors. Um, as an example, when Facebook just announced that it was uh, working with a small group of partners to create original series uh, content for their watch page, you know, Players Tribune is one of those creators. Similarly, we've done uh, created shows for Snapchat, and you know, we're 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 building content to live on third-party platforms. We are also licensing uh, content as well uh, to to other distributors, uh, you know, who are looking for high-quality content to accompany other things that they're that, that they're doing. So those are examples of how we continue to sort of diversify revenue through content. We've also um, expanded through experiential and doing experiences um, and building up a revenue business that way. 
We have uh, we've done tests in merchandise as well. You can not just listen to to Knuckleheads, which is sponsored by Hennessy, but you can also buy Knucklehead gear through the player shop. Um, so these are all sort of things that we're we're, we're experiment, experimenting with, and you know we'll see where they go. No, I think it's a great idea, and I think it's the next step for you guys. I think back to uh, the Isaiah Thomas trade when he was traded from the Boston Celtics, and you guys had such a, a poignant piece on Isaiah, and you were with him when he got the call from Danny Ainge and saw yeah. his raw reaction to being traded from Boston to Cleveland. And to me, like the, the you guys have great access and the ability to capture that access. And as we've already discussed in this conversation, the trust of the athlete. Now, you know, everything you just outlined makes a lot of sense to get that on to other platforms or license it out, as you said. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the idea. And, and, and again, we also talk a lot about access. And, you know, we have it, 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 it really comes back to the core thing that we do have. It's, it's the trust. And the trust is what gets us the access. And it's not even just access to the athletes. It's, it's having the access to, to the athlete's story as well. Because, you know, they're not going to entrust just anyone to tell these stories with because, the, 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 you know, these are, it's, it's their brand. It's who they are. And, you know, it's because of the trust that we have the players that gets us the access to those stories, um, you know, which, which leads to exactly what you're talking about. You know, the, you know, Isaiah talking about, you know, what Boston meant to him. Isaiah, you know, allowing us to have cameras rolling to follow him and create, you know, the Book of Isaiah, which is a multi-part series, um, you know, just following Isaiah and, you know, the interesting life that he leads. So it really is, it really does come back to access and trust. Jeff, you guys acquired a company called Unscripted last year. Why did you acquire them, and how does that help your business? Yeah, so, you know, we're always looking at everything through the lens of athletes. And one of the things that we're constantly trying to do is figure out what role can we play in helping solve athlete problems. And storytelling is one of those athlete problems. Uh, the other athlete problem uh, that, you know, that, that exists is also the ability to distribute their content and continue to tell their stories and engage with their fans. And... Um, it, it was a unique. It was unique that in the sense that Unscripted uh, was also an athlete-founded business uh, with its core mission of helping solve an athlete problem. And the athlete problem that Unscripted solved through technology was helping streamline the ability for athletes to post content through their social channels. And the unique problem that athletes have is that they have multiple constituents who are asking them, or that they have arrangements with, that actually where they have obligations to post content through social platforms. So it could be through the team, it could be through the league, it could be through the PA, it could be through their brands, it could be through management or otherwise. So, uh, and, and the challenge for athletes is that they're getting hit from all sides, that they could get an email, a text, a WhatsApp, a WeChat, a, you, know, you name the different ways to communicate, and it's a very unwieldy way for athletes to have a consistent sort of voice through social. So uh, what Unscripted did is basically solve that and created a streamlined way for anyone uh, of those constituents who want an athlete to post something have to work through the app so that the app, through the athlete's view, they see a streamlined sort of only one channel that all the requests come in with pre-built social assets, and all they have to do is accept or reject or just hit the post button, um, and it goes straight to their social channel. So it's a huge time saver for them. It also is, is, is raises the quality bar because it makes sure that there's, there's no um, – that the, all the assets that they're posting are pre-built and sort of meet the standards that they're looking for. And, you know, it not only helps us uh, does, because we're helping athletes, but equally as a content company who does a lot of 
our own publishing through athlete social channels. This gives us a direct pipe uh, to the athletes and streamlines the, our ability to work with athletes and to get them to do uh, social posting. Jeff, I know we've discussed a number of different pieces in this conversation, but what are some of the stories or are there certain leagues or segments of stories that resonate most with Players' Tribune readers or listeners or watchers? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I think that's the interesting part about this business is that the the focal points are the athletes, but the stories are are so diverse and touch on so many topics. And, you know, like I touched on before, some of them are very serious things that have nothing to do with sports, you know, ranging from, you know, mental health to, you know, to, to, to abuse, um, to, uh, you know, overcoming adversity. And, you know, others are just jovial about, you know, just, you know, funny anecdotes just about athletes, you know, having fun with other athletes. So, you know, I think we find is, is that at the end of the day, it's not, it's not that one type of story resonates. It's just good storytelling at the end of the day is really what consumers want. And we're just focused on telling the stories as best as we possibly can. What about big announcements? Because it seems like anytime someone has a big announcement, whether it was Kevin Durant or Gordon Hayward or obviously Kobe Bryant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they have a big announcement, they come to your platform. Is that something you actively push? Like, hey, if you have an announcement, come to our platform. Or is it just that trust and people say, this is where I want to make that announcement? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, athletes know that this is a platform that exists for them. Athletes know that they can use this as well to, you know, help help make news for themselves. And, you know, when they do that, that also means that, you know, we, we put our own sort of editorial help behind it as well. So we can, you know, help really dimensionalize an announcement and not just that someone might be moving, but as to the why behind it. You know, in Isaiah's case, you know, he, he talked about, you know, when he got traded, he talked about just how it felt and what it meant to him and, you know, his, his, you know, his connection to the fans of Boston and what it meant for his family to move and that he, you know, that, that what it means to be a player, that it's beyond just, you know, you get traded and you go play somewhere else is that, you know, you're, you're now picking up, your kids have to change schools, you, you're losing friends, you have to make new friends. So, you know, I think that that's what's really interesting is that it, you know, really helps give dimension behind what some of this news means, that it's not just a trade, it's, you know, this is, this is a, it's a life change. Yeah. Um, you guys are global now. You have an arm in Europe, and I'm wondering, scaling globally, obviously there's a lot of athletes beyond the United States and North America that have great stories to tell. What's the long-term vision with scaling this thing worldwide? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, sports is global. There's a much larger ecosystem outside the U.S. than there is inside the U.S. So, you know, this is where we started. It's not where we're going to finish. And we've, you know, we, where we have been focusing is, is specifically in Europe and, you know, focused on global football. It's a, you know, that is, if there is a global sport, it's, it's just that. So we've been working with a lot of the top uh, footballers in Europe. Um, actually, just did a piece yesterday with Kevin De Bruyne. Um, from Manchester City, who also plays for the Belgian national team. Uh, you know, he's a top 10 global player who rarely speaks to, to the press or anyone. And, you know, we got him to spend time with us and open up and, you know, talked about, you know, all of his, his, all of his sort of trials over adversity just to make it to the Premier League and what it was like as a youth athlete sort of bouncing from, you know, from foster home to foster home and finally getting picked up and making it to the, to the first team um, and, and playing in the, you know, in, in the Premier League. So we're definitely, um, we're definitely interested in doing more of those stories and, you know, we'll, we'll slowly but methodically, uh, you know, build up our presence in Europe and beyond. 
No, I love that story, and I loved how Carly Lloyd retweeted it and had some comments of her own about the story. And to me, when other athletes endorse those stories or weigh in on those stories, it gives everything even more credibility. Yeah, and I think that's that's also how we think about things as well, is that, you know, are, are we telling stories that we think will also resonate in the athlete community such that they will organically get picked up and shared amongst that community? And we do spend a lot of time thinking about that as sort of like, is this content that athletes will love? Because if athletes love it, we're pretty certain that fans will love it. And, you know, back to the Knuckleheads podcast, I think that's the magic of that podcast is that it really is, it, it is it is the ultimate sort of content for athletes. Athletes love coming on the show. Athletes love listening to content. You can see them talking about it, um, which really then creates a great product for the fans. Now, I'm looking forward to uh, being in New York next month. The Sports PR Summit is coming up on May 21st, presented by the Players' Tribune. We'll be at the Players' Tribune for the fourth consecutive year. I love your venue. I love seeing your team. Uh, and I'm glad you guys are a part of our event again this year, Jeff. Yeah, no, we're excited about it. Thanks for, uh, thanks, thanks for coming our way, and we're always uh, looking forward to that, for that day in May. Well, thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio, and we'll see you next month in New York. All right, sounds great. Thanks a bunch. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. The 2019 Sports PR Summit presented by the Players' Tribune will take place on Tuesday, May 21st at the Players' Tribune headquarters in New York City. The Sports PR Summit brings together senior PR and social media executives from across the sports world, along with elite athletes and national media members for a full day of on-stage discussions and networking. All attendees leave with ready-to-apply best practices and with a better understanding of how to maximize relationships with the media and the athletes they work with. This year's Sports PR Summit lineup features NBA Commissioner Emeritus David Stern, Sports Illustrated Executive Editor and 60 Minutes Correspondent John Wartime, and an exclusive roundtable discussion featuring elite athletes who work with the Players' Tribune. Past Sports PR Summit speakers have included NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon, NFL greats Michael Vick, Demarcus Ware, and Anquan Bolden, WNBA greats Lisa Leslie and Swin Cash, ESPN reporters Tom Rinaldi and Jeremy Schapp, the Atlantic reporter Jamel Hill, and my friend New York Knicks head coach David Fisdale. The Sports PR Summit has sold out each of its first six years. We only have 125 spots for senior PR and social media executives. Reserve your spot today by visiting sportsprsummit.com. I'll see you at the 2019 Sports PR Summit on May 21st at the Players' Tribune in New York City. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. I want to welcome ZipRecruiter to our family of sponsors. Again, really happy to have them on board. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. Happy to have them on board. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom, 
via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.